happy February. Welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. Today's conversation is with Titus Dean. He is a Christian rapper and master of business administration student. Enjoy this fun conversation. Thank you, Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Mark Weinstein, and joining me today on the program is a young man who is pursuing his MBA from the Graduate School at Cedarville University. His name is Titus Dean. Titus, by his own admission, is unorthodox. He grew up loving to play basketball and always wanted to play at the highest collegiate level. When that didn't happen after his senior year in high school, he didn't know what to do. Today, he's a member of the Yellow Jacket basketball team. But that's not all. Titus comes from a musical family, so developing a career in music is part of his DNA. In 2017, Titus released his first six-track EP recording called What Can I Say? I'll talk with Titus about these aspects of his life on the program. Welcome, Titus. Thank you for joining me today on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to meet you. Actually, this is the first time that we've seen each other. Yes, sir. And so I've, I've been reading about you and talking to people about you, and uh, you have a fascinating story that I, I'm, I know our listeners are going to enjoy. But I want to start with really what's paramount, and that's your faith journey. So mm-hmm. how did Jesus capture your attention and you decided to be a follower of Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> I was raised in a church, uh, came up in a Christian home. Yeah. Um, my father has done Christian hip hop for over 20 years. Um, both of my parents grew up in the church, grandparents grew up in the church, okay. sang in the church, so on and so forth. So definitely raised in that um, atmosphere, to sure. say the least. Um, so going to church every day, you sort of just learn the gospel as you get older, growing up in it. And then in middle school, that's when a lot of, I guess, peer pressure and distractions get to you as, as you sort of hit puberty and you start to see what, what was filtered previously, it starts sure. to come to light. I went to a public school, right. so just being able to see all these influences and just sin out in the world, it just surprises you a little bit. So growing up in the church and, and being focused on biblical principles and then seeing a lot of other people in my school who don't know anything about Jesus or know anything about the Bible um, and just seeing them not really have a care about life or the afterlife or anything like that. It just makes you sort of question what's real. So within that, I was able to grow closer to Christ um, through asking my parents, Hey, like, this is what I see in school. How do you, why, just asking questions. Why are things the way they are? Why do people behave the way they do? Why is it so hard for people to say Jesus in, in a public setting? Right. Throughout throughout that time period, I would say sixth to eighth grade, I just grew closer to Christ with the help of family and mentors. And eventually in seventh grade, I had got baptized um, at my church that I grew up in. It was a Pentecostal church. So okay. what is this about? I want to find out more. So yeah. uh, God just spoke to me at that time was like, hey, um, I am real, and yeah. if you want a relationship with me, this is how you do it. And ever since then, I just gained a better understanding. I never would say that I wasn't with Christ at any time. I would just say uh, when I was able to get baptized, our relationship grew. Yeah, that's great. I really appreciate you sharing sharing that story with us. So, Titus, as a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. some people believe that as Christians, our lives will be without challenges. We both know that's not the case. Let me take you back to your senior year at North Senior High School in St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. At this point in your life, you were looking for a college basketball scholarship. You loved playing college, or you loved playing basketball. And at this point in your life, getting a scholarship was really important to you. But no, no scholarship came. Mm-hmm. 
Do you remember that last game in high school when the game just ends and you know you're walking off that court for the last time and you may never play college basketball going forward? Yeah. What were your thoughts? It was a crazy experience. Just growing up the way I did, I was a sports fanatic. So football and basketball, I paid attention to every game, every professional game, uh, seeing college games and I was actually a University of Louisville fanatic. My parents met there. Uh, my dad played football, so I always had dreams of going to Louisville and playing for Coach Rick Pitino, so on and so forth. So working towards that goal of, hey, I want to play Division One, um, with the help of my dad who trained me growing up, um, just going to the gym, sacrificing. Early mornings, uh, Monday through Friday, getting up on Saturday during the summers when everybody's sleeping in and enjoying their summer, just sacrificing um, and working so hard to get a scholarship and right. then you don't get that and you feel like it's over. So going back to what you said, the last game uh, we were playing the number one team in state. Uh, it was a sectional um, game, which is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And I think we're two games away from the state tournament and it's winter go home at that point. We were down 10 to 15 the whole game. And it's just the closer you get to the, the, the last buzzer is like, man, this is reality. Like what, what am I going to do? Right. So like you said, that final buzzer sounded, and I just froze. I'm like, wow, that's, this over. is it. This is over. Yeah. Went over to my parents and just hugged my dad, cried on his shoulder. I was like, man, what's next? Like, yeah. this is – I never saw it coming to an end like that. And little did I know, um, an opportunity would come maybe a month later, which right. was great. But at the time, it was it was hurtful for sure. Now, I need to interject here. For those listening on the podcast, they, they don't see you, Titus, but uh, – <laughs> I'd say your dad did a great job of helping you because you are strong and you are built well. So <laughs> yes, sir. You, you, you look like a college athlete. <laughs> there we go. There you go. So I, I am talking with Titus Dean, a member of Cedarville's men's basketball team, but who has more to share than just the love of sports. And we're going to weave right now some of his music interests into our conversation because even though it seemed like Titus's college basketball dream had vanished after that sectional basketball game, mm-hmm. You were still an aspiring musician. Yep. Uh, Titus, you you come from a musical family. Tell me about your heritage and how your interest in music first developed. Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, uh, my father's been doing Christian hip-hop for over 20-plus years. Um, my mother does spoken word poetry. Uh, I have an older brother who goes by KJ. He started Christian hip-hop at the age of nine. So I was always a behind-the-scenes type of guy. I never right. wanted to be have the title rapper or or anything like that. I just wanted to not be known, I guess. Um, So I actually started doing the studio engineering um, as far as doing the production stuff inside. So that was sort of my focus. And I would have a little bit of contribution when they're in the studio, like, oh, I think this sounds good. I think this sounds good. But I never wanted to be front stage, main stage type of guy. So um, doing concerts as far as um, helping pick the, the set list of performances for my family, uh, doing the in-studio recording, stuff like that. That was interesting to me. But at one point in high school, I think it was my junior year uh, when I was 17 that summer, my sister, uh, Selena Lena, who's now um, our, my duo made an assistant little bro group that we have, <clears throat> uh, We she started doing music summer of 2016 uh, at our high school, and it was received really well. I said, well, I have the tools to produce my own music and right. sort of I can in-house to do everything myself. So why not try it out? Give it a try. I know how to write music. I know how to produce it. I know how to put it out. Why not use my time and see if I can have an influence on my peers? So that summer of 2017, I began 
recording and writing my own stuff and actually submitting it uh, to my dad, who's the owner of the record label, and seeing if it would be hot enough to uh, market to the students uh, at my school. So that's sort of how I got okay. intertwined with it. So did he give you a break because he was, you were his son? I think I think it was a little, maybe I got a little bit of grace. Um, you should. Yeah. He, I don't know. I mean, I think he gave us a little grace, but he's very confident in us too. So that helped. Um, but growing up in it, like just being around it so long, you just pick up things. You know things. Yeah. Yeah. So as you said, um, back in high school, you were a behind the scenes guy. You liked being behind the scenes. But mm-hmm. in more recent years, you changed now to being a performer mm-hmm. in addition to working behind the scenes. And you've he- released your first EP record. Mm-hmm. Yep. What does it mean to you to have a record or a label or um, recording? Yeah, it's it's great. It's actually, um, sometimes I, I take it for granted. I remember when I released my my EP, which was a six-song six EP. I actually released my single first, uh, which was called I'm Blessed. And we had a music video to that and put it out to the students they were obviously shocked because it was my first thing that i actually right. put out so they're like oh this is actually good like it's, this is to your high school this is to my high school secular high school secular high school that's cool yep so i put it out and they're like this is cool and it, it's a little catchy so it goes i'm blessed i'm blessed everybody walks up to me and they do that little lick of the line and it's just it just makes it puts a smile on my face so yeah. i put that out um it was well received i think that was in the summer uh and then my ep what can i say it came out that november uh, around the holiday season so being able to put that out was great because now you have a project and you can yeah. say more than oh i'm i'm not just a soundcloud artist so i just put out a song for free like i can actually um sort of market this and and promote it to more than just my high school audience so being able to put that out was great and then when i got to liberty university which is uh the university i went to out of high school i made my first studio album okay um, titled i am liberty and then from there, you would tell I would tell people about my music, and they'd be like, "Oh, you have an album out! Like that makes you somebody special, or something like that." So I was just receiving that and notice noticing that albums aren't anything to take small. Like that's a it's a project, it's a record. Like a lot goes right. into that, right. and just being around it, I think I had took it for granted. So to be able to have now two albums under my belt, an EP and singles and music videos, it's just um, heartwarming to know right. that all that work is getting appreciated for sure. So humbly. Speaking, mm-hmm. how well known are you? Not very well known. <laughs> okay. uh, very, very humbly. Um, I would say known around the school a little bit. I think I think people from the concerts that I've done and engagements at the, on the basketball team, people know my face or right. they know my name. But as far as like knowing every lyric of my song, no, or not, that not yet. yet. <laughs> there's time though for there, that. There's time. Titus, let's move back into the basketball arena a little bit. Yep. And, um, as we documented that you didn't receive a scholarship offer um, right out of out of high school. Ultimately, you did. Mm-hmm. You, you got a um, preferred walk on at at Liberty, which mm-hmm. is not a scholarship, but it's you're on the team mm-hmm. um, for various reasons. Maybe even just practice. But what did it mean to you that you were a part of the Liberty team and you played on that team for three years? Mm-hmm. Very. Uh... I guess that's why I use the word unorthodox. Okay. Very surprising, very unexpected, very unorthodox. Um, coming out of high school, no offers, no real interest, like maybe a couple co- college coaches has texted my phone, but outside of that, there was nothing left. Um, so then being able to uh, 
uh, reach out to a family friend who helps get under the radar athletes <clears throat> in college programs around the nation. Reached out to him. He made a, a phone call to the coach at Liberty, Coach Richie McKay, and told him, "Hey, I got a guy. Might have been overlooked. Give him a try. He's he's passionate. He's a great kid. Does music. Yeah. All this stuff. He has a lot going on. Um, give him a shot." So, went down to Liberty about a month after my season had ended in April, um, and tried out. And the hey. coach had offered me a preferred walk-on spot right then and there in his office. Told me to pray about it before I accepted it, wow. which I did. But, I mean, going into that meeting and getting that offer, it's like, wow. I don't have anywhere. I didn't have any other option. and I at least have one option on the table now. Do I want to take it? How passionate am I about it? So, um, getting offered that preferred walk-on spot was a blessing, to say the least. It's not, like you said, it's not a scholarship. So, you don't receive scholarship funding. But it's sort of a grant into the team without right. having to participate in the walk-on tryouts. Right. Um, so that was a great opportunity to be able to yeah. be a part of that team. And little did I know, those three years uh, would change my life. How totally. did they? How, how did they change your life? I gained a better understanding for a family away from home, a home okay. away from home. Um, the guys on that team are great guys. We'll be friends for life. Just the lessons learned, film sessions, uh, just the team travel, just the yeah. whole three, the whole experience for three years, a part of that team uh, was an eye opener for sure. I had grew up, like I said, in public schools, going to public schools where secular influence is everywhere. Right. And then I come to Liberty, which is a private Christian institution, right. and you got, you're surrounded by other believers and other right. people who care about you and love right. you. So to be able to be in that environment and sort of walk it out every day through going to our convocation, which is similar to chapel here and going to Bible team, Bible study, stuff like that. Yeah. It's a totally different experience than anything I had ever ran into before. So, um, now you've been at Cedarville for, um, half a year or yep. so. Yep. How would you compare being a scholarship player at Cedarville mm -hmm. to a preferred walk on at Liberty? It's different. Um, I would say it's different because you sort of feel more connected in with the team. Um, I should mention when I got offered the preferred walk-on spot at Liberty, <clears throat> I was walking into that situation, quote unquote, unrecruited. Right. The coach hadn't seen anything of me. He saw a one-hour tryout, and that's all he knew about me. Um, so walking in there, I was the only walk-on on the team that year. Everybody else was on scholarship. So you got 13 scholarship guys who were heavily recruited or already on the team, um, playing at a high level for a long time. Right. You got another guy coming out of high school with zero offers who's the walk-on, and he hadn't had any visits on the team and, like, been interacted with the guys or anything like that. So it was different coming into that situation. I often felt lonely just from that standpoint. But like I said, um, I quickly learned uh, what family was all about. So I, I felt included, which was great. Um, and then once I got to Cedarville – I was actually able to bring some of the lessons that I learned uh, from Liberty over as far as family integration, just a brotherhood yeah. of what it's like. And now we have a uh, walk-on guy, and I know like, I can relate to him. So right. I often talk to him, and I'm like, hey, I know how it feels. I know you might feel like the pressure's on you is the only walk-on this and that, but like, I'm here to encourage you, like, stay confident, all this stuff and that. So it's, it's, really, it's really good. Yeah, every, everyone's important. Mm -hmm. Everyone plays a role, so Absolutely. it's good that you've had that experience and you can help. Yeah. So, uh, Titus, um, when I think about your desire for receiving a scholar, basketball scholarship mm -hmm. and the way it ultimately happened for you, very unorthodox, as mm -hmm. you would say, 
how did you see, or how do you see God's favor on your life? It's actually ridiculous. I, it's hard to, it's hard for me to not see it. I mean, just going through my story of no offers out of high school, um, musically, just having the ability to do what I can as far as not needing a bunch of external resources to provide, but being able to like create in house. Um, and then when I get to Liberty, I should mention when I got to Liberty, so that uh, preferred walk on Scott or opportunity that was a one year deal. Okay. Yeah, it was a one year deal. It wasn't any guarantee going into the next year. So after the first semester there, <clears throat> it was a really rough start. I had never been so embarrassed, never felt so out of place. Yeah. Just due to not feeling comfortable. I was really uncomfortable. It wasn't the team's fault. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, I guess, the way I you was. You put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, it was the pressure uh, transitioning in. So that was a tough first semester at Liberty. Um, but then at the year in, I got the offer uh, to remain a walk-on for the next however many years I would have to play and potentially earn a scholarship there. So just going from no offers, no interest, nothing, to now one year later, you're sort of just with the family and your 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 family for life with this team and this brotherhood and this um we had female workers on the team so I'd say sisterhood just the whole family but um God's favor was just there because there's no way that I should be where I am today based on where I was 3 years ago yeah so when coach Eastep offered you a scholarship mm-hmm. what what went through your what yeah, what went through your mind? What emotions did you experience? It was amazing. So I was, I was working when he gave me a he gave me a phone call. Uh, I don't remember the date exactly, but he gave me a phone call, and I was actually at my work study job at Liberty. I was in my last semester. Yep, I was in my last semester, um, working in the game room <laughs> where the students play pool and ping pong and stuff like that. So I knew that he had. Um, sort of committed to give me a decision by the end of the week whether they would offer me a scholarship or not. I think he called me three or four days later um, after give, after telling me when the timing was coming. He said, hey, we, we did our review, this and that. We want to offer you a full ride to come uh, play at Liberty. Oh, or, I'm sorry, to play at Cedarville, yep. So um, when I heard those words, it was just like, wow, like I earned this. Like It's really true. And sitting in the position where I was, where I was working a work study job to sort of keep money in my pocket, it was like, wow, like now that relieves this big burden that I had of trying to fit in, trying to remain eligible financially, trying to pass classes, trying to work on my games, just all that time that I was putting in the work, school, basketball, music. It's like, okay, maybe the financial piece is now taken care of. I received a scholarship. Now I can uh, carry out the dreams and, and passion that I really had for the for the love of the game. So when I received that call and got that offer, that really opened my eyes and it just warmed my heart, honestly. Did um, did the delay in getting a scholarship, cause you, you know, the three years plus mm-hmm. you're at Liberty, did that make getting the scholarship all the more sweeter? Yeah, I would say so. Um, so it's interesting because the – academic program I was on at Liberty allowed me to graduate in three years. Um, and, and that's impressive just to graduate 
in three years. Yeah, thank you. It was it, it was it was amazing because obviously you're paying when you're paying out of pocket, it's like okay, can I expedite this a little bit? Maybe cut back on some costs. So right to be able to do it in three years and receive my bachelor's degree, it's like okay, this is good timing. Um, we had a lot of success at Liberty uh, on the basketball team going to the NCAA tournament a few times. So um, the team was changing. Uh, we had a lot of older guys who were transitioning out uh, the year before I left and the year I left. So we were developing a new team. So it was really a decision-making time for myself. I was graduating. We had success on the team. We were bringing in new guys. I had a passion to play basketball, actually get um, significant minutes. So it was like, hey, I need to assess whether I really will have an opportunity to play um, coming up or not. So the three years, um, at the end of those three years, after I had graduated, after I had uh, played with the team and got a feel for what was going on, being able to analyze all the options and seeing what was available, I think it was the best timing. And it's interesting because everybody has their own timing and you have a plan, but right. God's plan always overrules. So always, Yeah, it's, and it's always perfect. Too. Yep, absolutely. For the final moments of the podcast, I want to return to our conversation about music and ministry. So, Titus, since you've enrolled at Cedarville, you've had the opportunity to perform some of your music. In fact, mm -hmm. you performed with your sister at this year's Moonlight Madness on campus, which is uh, what tips off the, the basketball season for mm -hmm. us. How special was it for you to perform with your older sister? Super fun. Super fun. Uh, that was a really cool experience. I was nervous, to say the least. You get nervous? I do. I actually get, I get more nervous for basketball than I do music which is interesting mm -hmm. because I think I've worked on my basketball game so much where I shouldn't get nervous I guess but I do get nervous um but yeah I was nervous going in just because of Cedarville's sort of reputation it's not a big heavily Christian uh hip-hop rap school it's more contemporary more of your um third day I mean you sure. got the Maverick City Music who's a I guess modern modern uh worship group but just those worship groups and you hear a lot of worship singing and you go through chapel and it's and you, there's no rap in chapel oh so when they pitch it to me and they're like hey we want you to rap in chapel it's like oh okay like are you sure like you want me to bring my sort of experience of what i've been through and bring yeah. the godly uh way that i present my art to the school like okay but it was nerve-wracking to say the least so i was definitely nervous going in um, of how the students would receive it, but it was very fun. I, so I had performed that morning at chapel. I did a song, and that was fun. And then later that evening, Moonlight Madness, we had the basketball event, okay. and I was closing closing it out. So they actually brum-rushed the this, this floor. It wasn't really a stage. I was just in the middle of the floor, and they had these little cones around. Right. <laughs> and I was supposed to be in the middle. And as soon as the song, the the audio of the song came on, that circle closed in so tight and it got so hot. So really? the energy was just ecstatic, but it was, it was fun to say the least. So um, what was more scary to sing in chapel or at the, on the court? Chapel for sure. Because after chapel, I knew that moonlight madness would be a lot more less formal, if you will, quote unquote, Correct. a lot more student centered. Um, they're kind of there for the hype and the excitement. So I knew they could, sort of be on stage with me, if you will. Yeah. But definitely chapel, because that was sort of the first experience, and I, I yeah. just had no idea. I said, this is this will be interesting. Well, by all accounts, you were a hit with the 
students at chapel and, and on the court. Do you have any, uh, do you have other plans of uh, releasing another album or performing mm-hmm. in other venues uh, in the near future? Yeah. So definitely music is coming uh, soon. Sis uh, and Lebro actually plans to release their second studio album, uh, quarter one of 2022. Okay. We don't have a title for that album yet, but it's definitely coming. Um, and then solo artist Titus himself, uh, I'll be releasing music here in the near future. Sort of difficult actually to decide which one you want to do because I have my solo artist myself as Titus, but then Sis and Lebro, a lot of people like the duo, and Selena right. Lena herself is an artist in her own right as well. So right. trying to balance out which artist we're going to release is it, it, it's it's a task, but. Sis and Lil Bro is definitely coming quarter one of 2022. And then as far as uh, performing and concerts and stuff like that, outside of basketball season is when I get to be a lot more flexible with live performances. I so. want to suggest that you had a song with Liberty in the title. I think you should have a Cedarville title. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you should have a Cedarville song. That would be cool. Before you graduate, you should have a Cedarville song. <laughs> I agree. That'd be, I think a lot of students would want to be involved with that too. So Yeah. That'd be good. Think about it. <laughs> So uh, we're running out of time, mm-hmm. and I just have time for two more questions. Uh, basically, uh, we know you're in the MBA program. You're going to plan to graduate in the spring of 2023. Mm-hmm. What comes next after you graduate? Still don't know. Um, and I think that God sort of orchestrated that way. It's interesting because it's like, man, I'm 21 years old, on pace to graduate when I'm 23. What am I going to do? I got music. I got basketball. I got a degree, I'll have two degrees. What do I want to do? What's my passion? Yeah, what is it? My true passion is basketball. I want to play professionally. That's always been the goal, um, whether that's overseas or in the United States. That would be the goal or just to be involved in the game. I think I've been around it so long that even if I got into coaching or like corporate uh, sports, that would would be fun. However, I don't plan to um, neglect the music or anything like that. Like that'll always be a part of what I do and the fact that I can sort of self-produce and put it out, um, that helps. Right. So still undecided, but definitely helps to have two degrees under my belt when that time comes. And then the basketball experience and resume, I guess you could say, and then the musical, uh, history. I guess. Yeah. Still open. My final question is mm-hmm. at the core of the Cedarville stories podcast, our purpose is to tell Cedarville stories mm-hmm. for God's glory. How, how do you, see that you are bringing God glory in your life? Absolutely. There, It's interesting. Uh, that question is a great question, actually. So in my current reading that I'm doing in the Bible every day, I'm reading Mark right now. And I think the chapter I read yesterday talked about how God doesn't always tell us what he already knows. Right. God, why won't you, why won't you tell us that you're the son of uh, God, or Jesus, why won't you tell us you're the son of God? Or why won't you tell us this is going to happen? Or why won't you tell us? It's like God knows. However, he holds out what's best for us. And I feel like that's similar um, to, to what I've been through. Like, God, why, why didn't you tell me three years ago that I would have this opportunity? Like, I know I have to pray for it and work hard for it. Um, but I think it's a test of faith. So being able to develop that faith and grow that faith, and ultimately, um, it's like a character test. Uh, that was something that stood out to me yesterday when I was reading. But it just tests your character. When God, when you feel like God is sometimes not watching or not listening, he really is. He just wants to see how you're going to respond. So being able to go through the experience that I have been through and not necessarily be worried about what's to come, I think that has been 
my path um, of how I've gotten where I've gotten. So yeah. being able to stay consistent with that and just trust that his plan is always going to be uh, what's best for me, for sure. Good answer. And in, in my uh, my experience, I'm, I'm thankful that I haven't known what is next in my mm-hmm. life because if I think if I had known what was next in my life, many times I would worry or I, I would take matters in my ha- own hands, which I do often anyways. But yep. um, I, I'd like to know too, but I'm thankful that the Lord knows and that I can trust in him. So yep. Titus, I want to thank you for um, spending time with me this week on the podcast. And uh, has your experience at Cedarville been good? It has. It's been great. It's a Great school, great people, great environment. So it's fun. I'm looking forward to the next few years. Great. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.